What's up, guys? It's Scuba Doer here. I wanted to talk about kind of how there's like a million decisions in music, but the vast majority of people perceive it as just one vibe. Everything kind of hits at once. And so I want to talk about that from the perspective of the creator and the difficulties and opportunities that that brings. So the reason why I was thinking about this, I'm actually working on a like a longer, um, more produced version of one of these podcasts where I'll, you know, should play some stuff on guitar and piano so you can actually see some of these concepts. Cause I was, I was trying to figure out how to do an audio only version of that conversation. And, um, it was too difficult, but the, the subject matter is the modes. The modes are basically like taking a single set of notes, a scale, and then viewing them from a lot of different perspectives, creating the impression that one of the notes is home base versus the other note is home base. And it creates a very different feeling. But then from that, I was thinking about it and, and thinking about the concept of vibe within music. And as composers, as you know, songwriters, uh, musicians, all that kind of stuff, we can get really, really in the weeds about the note choices, about the very, very specific volume changes, the dynamics, or like I, I get super in the weeds on the room or the, you know, stereo picture, how wide something is, where it is behind your head, above your head, below your head, in front of you, you know, really small, really narrow, really wide. Spend a lot of time thinking about that kind of stuff. And, and working on skills and techniques to create those illusions. But it's all in service of one thing that's perceived all at once. That's the vibe, the impression. And that's not to dismiss people that can't hear individual instruments. That doesn't even matter. Even, I mean, I'm able to hear a lot of different things, frequencies and whatever, but I'm still subjected to the vibe, the presentation. Of, of the whole thing, experience it all at once. And so like, how, how do we handle that as somebody that's so focused on all of the, the colors uh, on the palette? How do you then take that and create a painting that is, you know, perceived all at once? You can spend your entire lifetime on the tiniest little background image Ultimately, the impression of the whole thing is going to be more important than the particulars. And so, like, what do you what do you do with that information? Because sometimes, to me, that feels uh, damning. It feels like, man, I spent all this time on details and nobody notices the details. But I'm going to push back and say that they actually do, but in a different way. There, there maybe there's like a threshold, you know. But in the same way that like you look at a Mona Lisa and you see, you get a certain feeling, an impression. That's at least what people who see the Mona Lisa say. I've never seen it in person. But you know what I mean? There's, a, there's an impression that it gives you because it's so technically gifted. It is so symmetrical in a unique mathematical sense. And it gives you the emotion of that slight smile and the eyes that track you across the room. All of those things are 
out of detail. And so details add up. And I, I feel the same way with music, where if you think really hard about, okay, I'm going to use these kind of palettes, I'm going to do these things to try to bring out this sort of emotion from my listener, you know, using like these modes, and I'll talk about what those are later, to make things feel brighter or darker. And then you use recording engineering techniques to also make things feel brighter or darker or like a bigger room or a smaller room. And those add up to create an impression. But I actually kind of think that there's a hierarchy of things that create different impressions and that are more noticeable, particularly to the general listener. And all, uh, the, the number one out of all of that is the medium, the way that they're actually experiencing your music. And it's really tricky now because so many people listen on phone, AirPods, laptop speakers, and but they also will listen in their car. Some will listen to it on super hi-fi headphones or speakers or on vinyl. So you have to like create an experience that scales up and down. And one of the, one of the ways that I approach it now is not trying to create the same experience on all of those things. Trying to have an interesting enough of an arrangement and uh, crispness to the top end, the, the higher frequencies, that even when you listen to it on a phone and all of the bass frequencies go away, that it still is captivating. That's the goal. But then when you take it and you put it on a sound system, it's got a subwoofer, or you're wearing hi-fi headphones, it's got a good low-end response, that all of a sudden it's like a, a reimagining, a reawakening, a depth of the song that you fall even deeper in love with it. That is totally the goal. It's like you, you know, it's almost like creating a 30 second preview. <laughs> that's like the, that's like the mix for iPhone. Super important because that, that's going to determine whether or not they, they dive back in maybe on a different listening device. But in order to do that, you have to like focus on a, a bunch of different things. So like the, the number one thing that people hear are vocals or things that are in the range of a vocal, like a lead guitar um, you know, a synthesizer, saxophone, or whatever that's that's in this general range that's carrying a melody or carrying some sort of focus. That's the main thing. And so if you use techniques to make that thing feel happy, sad, frantic, chill, um, spacious, vibey in the like old school way, or super hi-fi in the hyper pop way, that is your biggest opportunity to set a scene and set a vibe that anybody's going to recognize. But then beyond that, I think that high-end and low-end are ultimately the next most important thing because it just creates a completely different picture if I'm tucked over my thing or if I open back up. So controlling high-end, low-end, that like instantly takes you to vintage or lo-fi without any other technique. And then the next most important thing is the room, the space that you're actually in. Obviously, that's difficult to hear on an iPhone. That's part of the reason why musicians love it so much when you listen in headphones, um, myself included. Please listen to some of my music in headphones. Because then I'm able to actually transport your brain into different locations. And I actually think all of this is like psychological, probably in the same way that a portrait, that, you know, we're talking Mona Lisa, is so evocative because it's the human face. You know, we're, we're dialed in to see faces even in like rock formations and stuff like that, you know, or wallpaper, you look and go, oh, that kind of looks like a, like some two eyes and a mouth. You're dialed into that in the same way we're dialed into the human voice and we're dialed into the room that we're in. 
the space in which we inhabit. And it's, it's like so conscious, you don't necessarily recognize it, but think, think to yourself that feeling of walking through a long hallway where there's almost like a, you know, a depth of field and then going into an elevator and then the door closes. The, the feeling of if you're having a conversation with somebody, though that room change is pretty drastic. And like, that's something that we can capture in music. I talk, talk about depth and room and, you know, Dolby Atmos spatial audio and all that kind of stuff in some other podcasts. And I will do that more because I'm learning more and more about it. But the concept is not in those weeds. The concept is a lot higher than that. It's saying you have a human voice that you're dialed into just like a face. And you're going to put it into different rooms. If you make drastic enough changes and choices or have no room whatsoever, which is part of the beauty of digital audio, is you can record an isolated vocal and pop it wherever you want it to be. And that's like really, that's informative for vibe above, above almost anything else. And then, then probably next thing would be, you know, arrangement, where then that starts to inform genre. But it, the genre is like, it's a very interesting thing too, because it's all about expectations. Where if you're dealing in different cultures, they might have different genre expectations. And I find that really exciting. Like, obviously, I'm coming from my prism as an American, where like I have a certain set of pop music that I grew up with, and I know that luckily a lot of the rest of the world did too. So that's, that's lucky in terms of like at least global reach. A lot of people have listened to American music, but there's a lot that I don't know. And it's fun going to different cultures and traveling and, and stuff and asking people like, what do you, what do you do for karaoke? Like, like, what do you sing? You know, that, that kind of stuff that is, is just the best, but understanding those genre contexts in which you inhabit, um, then arranging around that is like, it's like plugging into a unspoken history where, you know, like perfect examples of Motown. If you add like Motown drums and bass, I'm taken right there and I have a certain nostalgia to the whole thing. Or, you know, part of the reason why Travis Barker is playing on a bunch of stuff is like there is a certain nostalgia to the drum playing of Travis Barker and the way that his drums sound. You can add that to almost any song and then instant, you know, early 2000s nostalgia. It's the same thing like, with clarinet for me like <laughs> you know if, if it's like a new orleans jazz clarinet oh i'm a sucker for it because it just feels like i don't know maybe like disneyland maybe that's why <laughs> but it, it feels like um it feels like the ultimate early roaring 20s kind of america i love that sound i need to meet more clarinet players by the way but anyway what i'm trying to say is like you have a certain set of expectations and cultural trappings around genre in the same way that, you know, paintings, whatever frame that it's in is really, really important. I feel like that's kind of like the genre choices and putting things into different frames and ends up making things feel like more expected, which is kind of nice because then you can break those expectations. But so just to recap those, those, those three things, the, the vocal, the space in which the vocal inhabits and band inhabits, and then the arrangement with the side thing of recording with your high end and your low end controlling those things I, those are like the main main at least you know in my head right now those are the main things that i think control vibe 
and set a scene, you know, arrangement includes like what instruments are present, like the clarinet thing, or if it's like a traditional rock band, or if it's like hip hop. And there's certain, there's certain like vocabularies, there's certain sonic signatures that are expected that create the impression of genre. And all that stuff can be, be manipulated. You know, people talk about us being in a post-genre world. And that's that's not true at all. It's a meta-genre world or it's a sub-genre world. But it will never be post-genre because post-genre implies that there's there's nothing that we're, you know, drawing from for expectations. A lot of the stuff that people would say is post-genre. It's like, no, we can totally find some, some through lines of like where that's coming from and what that's emulating and what that is inspired by. Um, but then also like what it's undercutting, like genres can also be in like relief with each other in the same way that like you have, I don't know, like, like punk music, like there's like a, there's a sense of, I don't know, there are opposites within this genre wheel. And that's like a kind of a really fun thing to play with as a composer, producer, whatever. But then like, so you, you know, you ultimately work, the goal is to set a vibe that's so easy, way like more easily said than done. And it is so easy to get cringy chasing a vibe in a very specific way. Instead, you have to kind of like think about like, okay, what, what are my tools? What are my paints? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint, you know, whatever, a landscape. But then you have to decide like, is it going to be a landscape that is realistic or surrealistic? Is it going to be impressionistic? Like all of these, these things, I think, are good ways to talk about music because it's actually a little bit more um, tangible where music is just this thing that floats around in time. Um, instead, like you have a painting, a fixed object that uses our dominant, you know, sense with, with sight. And I feel like it's easier to, to comprehend sort of. So yeah, that, I think that's like, what I'm trying to say is getting out and into the weeds at the same time is the place to be as a musician, you know, not, not dying in there, not losing sight of what the true goal is, which is to impart a, a intended vibe to the person. That's number one. And then looking at, okay, what are your tools to do it? You know, got to start with the voice, the melody, the what's carrying the thing. That's at least my perspective. And everything else flows from that. The space that the voice inhabits and what the voice is doing. And of course, language. That's something we kind of take for, for granted in, in music is that, you know, you can be saying one thing, but if it's sung in a completely different way, uh, you know, it undercuts, it undercuts it. There's a great irony. And so I, I don't know, I, I, sometimes the way that you're saying it rather than what you're saying, at least in music is, is the thing. So if you, if you are singing about like loving being, out in the open in this big vast space but it's like a super sad dark dry arrangement there's i'm the the vibe is going to override the language and not everyone's going to even speak your language so some people are going to hear it and be like yeah this is clearly a very sad song about being alone in a dark you know tiny place but the lyrics are saying the exact opposite thing so Lyrics matter less than the vibe that you set through the sonic signatures, the people that you choose to put into your room, the room in which you inhabit, and where you place the head. That's kind of like a weird way to look at it, but you know, where where do you want your listener's head? Do you want them to be 
on stage with you? Do you want her to be off stage in the other room or changing between chorus and verse? Those are the things that I think people sometimes don't think about enough and they instead think about, oh, what scale do I want to use? Like That's important. But where are you placing your listener? Who's on stage? And what does it feel like from section to section? Are you changing rooms? Those are things that I don't think get talked about enough. That's why I'm talking about them now. Hopefully they inspire you. And hopefully you hear it. I, a lot of my favorite recordings will do stuff like this. And I'm trying to do it a lot in my music. So check out in headphones. See if you can have some uh, deep listening experiences and some you know, planar travel with your, your head via headphones into different worlds, just like reading a book. Music can do that too. Anyway, if you have any questions, um, please hit me up. Scubertdubert.pizza is where you can find my links. Again, I'm going to be making a lot more of these. And uh, we'd love, love your feedback or questions or anything like that. I've covered quite a few listener questions in previous podcasts. And those have been really, really fun. If not, I'll just, you know, keep talking about whatever the hell I want to talk about. <laughs> anyway. I'll talk about modes soon and then also have some special guests on hopefully very soon. I've just been super, super busy. So fun ahead and a lot of new music coming out soon. So scubertuber.pizza to check out all the latest music and hit me up with questions. Talk to you guys later. Music appreciation. Whoa, 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 whoa.